And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys? Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Fighting Fit Show. Today we are joined by John O'Carroll. Uh, welcome, John O. Thank you for having me, Pa. Yeah, listen it. to anyone who doesn't know John O. So, John O is a pro boxer. John O um, started, um, started out in Finglas, Dublin. Um, he moved off to Australia, kicked off his pro career there, um, came back to Ireland, started working under Packy Collins in Celtic Warrior Gym. Um, he went on, he was involved in the Irish Fight of the Year in 2014 against De- Declan Gaggery. He then went on to win the prize fighter, I think as a 14 to 1 underdog. Um, yeah. with, with some super performances along the way. He then challenged Heaven Farmer for the world title in, a, in an amazing fight in Paddy's Weekend. Um, and most recently has just defeated Scott Quigg with, I would say, the, probably the best performance of your career. Yeah, most definitely, Pat. Yeah. 100%. Uh, it would be. And it was a big test, you know, because he's a former world champion and stuff like that. It was one of them people, uh, two dogs killing each other next door. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of them people I really... Everyone was like, oh, it's a 50-50 fight. It's going to be a hard fight for him, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the whole time I was thinking, you always think it's going to be a hard fight for me. Like, I'm, I'm not planning on having no hard fight. I've worked hard in the gym, you know what I mean? Day in, day out. So I ain't really planning on having a hard fight. I'm fucking planning on going in here and schooling this fella, and that's exactly what he's doing. So. Yeah, no, big thank time, God man. I, thank God I was able to put the plan in place, you know what I mean? Because we went over the plan over and over again. Like, it was a blatant nightmare that, like, we, we had a specific game plan and we knew, right, this is what we need to do. So every day we were in the gym, it was just draining almost doing the same thing over yeah. and over and over again. But at the same time, when it happened in the fight, I was like, oh, it's so easy. Like, mate, come on, give me something that I'm not expecting. I was just expecting everything that he was giving me. You know what I mean? Like I was prepared for every single thing that he had. So it was, yeah. it was uh, well worth in the gym. You can see he really kind of, yeah, he kind of really kind of broke him down. He kind of really ran out of ideas kind of after, you know, after between rounds four and six, he just really had no answer at all for you. Um, you kind yeah. of just seemed to come on getting stronger and stronger. And again, I think maybe what you've done that fight is you really kind of showed everyone that you can box, that you can really control the fight. Um, even kind of in prep for this, I kind of watched back the, the Tevin Farmer fight there last week. Um, you know, and it can maybe things were a little bit more rushed. I feel like maybe since that last fight, you kind of you've matured so much as a fighter now and you're really kind of ready to take on that, that kind of next level of opposition. Yeah, 100%. The thing is, when I, when I had the farmer fight, like, I was only, like, I always take out prize fight because three fights in three nights, three, three minute rounds, might as well be amateur bloody belts, you know? So yeah. I try to take them out. Um, and, like, I, I went in against him with, like, 16 fights or something like that. But if you take them three fights out of there, that's, like, 13 fights. So yeah. I wasn't very experienced. A lot of my fighting has been, like, six rounders and, you know, stuff like that. So I wasn't really experienced on how to do the 12 correctly. I only done... Two, two 12 rounds, I think it was, before the Tevin Farmer fight. So it's not like the perfect uh, preparation, I suppose. But at the same time, when an opportunity like that arises, man, you just have to take it with both hands. Like, it is what it is. And uh, I done myself proud, you know what I mean? It was mainly the experience what let myself down in the Tevin Farmer fight. But from that fight, I was able to sit back down with my team and say, right, this is what we need to work on now. So it, I, never, I never take anything as a loss, you know what I mean? No matter what, you can always pick the positives out of that and negative, you know? So uh, I, we sat down with him and said, right, this is what we 
this is what we need to work on. And we worked on all those things, like, like a blade and like demons. You know what I mean? Like it was like it wasn't even like me working hard. It was me trainer working hard. He was watching footage constantly. He must have watched the farmer fight bleeding a hundred times. Um, and there was a lot of things even my my coach has improved on. You know, so as a team, it's made us way way stronger. Not me just as a fighter, but as a team, it's made us so much stronger. So I'm happy it all went the way it went because. Now I feel actually prepared and ready for world titles because after being over there then sparring with Kevin Farmer, there's a lot of we talked about the fight and we sat and watched the fight together. And there's so many things that he was able to give me a little bit of pointers on and stuff. And it made a massive difference then in the quick fight, you know. You know, sometimes when I ready I like to have a bit of a fight sometimes. So when it gets heated, I was like, right, let's go. And then I was like, yeah. no, back in your game plan, boom, back to that jab. Every time I felt like I wanted to go to war, I wanted to do more, I started the jab. That's all I needed to do was just I knew I had to control him really well with the jab and I don't I don't know quite smart, you know, but as a fighter, the, the main thing is to stay relaxed under that the crowd and the crowd is all like screaming. And you had to kinda of half hurt him and you know you half hurt him, you kinda of go in for the kill. But then when you know he's not going, it's like back on this job, back to the game plan and uh, yeah, don't get too excited because we did get too excited in the farm off so look, yeah. it's made oh, us they- a better yeah, there's definitely something I saw in the in the former fight, kind of as I said, yeah, you were your 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 punch volume was immense, you know, but yeah, maybe kind of rushing things a little bit too much, getting getting stuck in a little bit a little bit too much. He was kind of maybe yeah. doing the the kind of the, the the cleaner work, as I say. Um, yeah. But listen, honestly, even watching that fight last week, man, can I sit and watching you? Can you know singing the national anthem, fucking giving <laughs> it the, the hoo ha? You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. sure coming out of that fight, you've gained a huge a huge kind of amount of new fans. Over in America, where kind of as as we both know, can box, and that's kind of where it really matters, you know. Um, For sure. Do you have any any plans to fight over in America in the in the not too distant future? Yeah, I'd love to fight in America a lot because I actually have a massive following, massive, massive fan base there. It's mad. Um, but it's because I'm Irish, because I'm I love to talk, blade and rubbish. You know what I mean? I love to warm people up. The Americans love that. You know what I mean? So, um, it is a good thing. But I happen to be out there a little bit more, especially with like. The zone being out there, like with Matrium getting a lot of fights out there. I'm not even with Matrium, but I'm just saying if I'm with Matrium, the zone, Matrium, they have a massive stable out there, or else top rank and all of them. Like I have, I have a lot of options now because I'm an I'm an open book. I'm not signed to anybody as of yet. You know what I mean? So I'm just gonna see what offers come, and yeah, regardless who we sign, I'm sure there's gonna be many fights in America, and uh, yeah, I love that over there. Listen, I'm tw- I was 26, toppling the fucking a bill. But like that looks like Katie Taylor and all of me on that card, you know what I mean? Like fucking fighting for the world title in America, it doesn't get much better than that. You know, big time. I think that's what people forget, and even kind of because we, we went to Candy years ago and you were only what 14, 15, even back at the yeah. time when you had a fucking full full beard and a whole lot. You know, you look a lot older <laughs> yeah. than you are, maybe. Like you really are. You're only twenty six, and the, the world really is your oyster right now. You know, you kind of just said you've got the options, kind of. You've got you've kind of got you are the decision maker now. Kind of said nobody's kind of really telling you what to do, which is a beautiful yeah. position to be in, I'm sure. For sure, like that's it. When you talk about Canada, man, that seems like we was bleeding yesterday. We were boxing in Canada. Like I was literally, remember, I couldn't get my first fight. They wouldn't let me in with my first fight because I was inexperienced. I only had two fights yeah, when yeah. we went to Canada. So that shows how early that is on in my career. I literally had two fights when we when we met. You know what I mean? That's yeah, bad yeah. to think of that. But uh, they were good times. But from that, I find like I came back from Canada and. Just the experience I gained over there, I was working really hard. Like, that was the year I won the All-Irelands and all. I went 22 fights with no losses that year. Yeah. And I think Canada kind of gave me that boost, you know what I mean? That kind of, yeah, 
I, I, this is actually what I want to do because yeah. I had so much fun on that trip. It, it was just great to be there with a lot of lads. Like, they were br- brilliant memories, you know what I mean? Yeah, big time. Brilliant. I actually have you, I have these over here on the wall. There's a picture of the, the team photo over here of me, who's a me, you, and Cooney, Feeling, Jim, fucking yeah. Deadly. Daniel, the whole, the, all, all the lads. Yeah, that's brilliant. Man. I, my dad only sent me that the, the, the crew photo as well. It was probably about six months ago, but I remember looking at some of them were like, oh, like, like feeling and all, like kids, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. whoa, look at these fucking, it was mad. Some of them were literally kids that we went away with. And one of the boys now, went on to do really well. We, Stephen Trace, he's done very well in the amateurs. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, how young did he look in that picture? But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks about played well. Yeah. <laughs> mad, like, they were good times, but they were very good times, you know? But and yeah, like that. A lot of the lads went on and done good things in the seniors and that. Big time, yeah. Yeah, big time. Again, I, I think that kind of, that trip kind of, I think for anybody, though, I think it's really important for any kind of young athlete getting into the game, any sport, really. It's like kind of getting that acknowledgement kind of at a young age and kind of maybe getting selected for these kind of teams and getting to go on the trips. It kind of yeah. it just kind of helps you helps you kind of say, oh, actually, you know what is, maybe I am good enough. And it kind of really yeah. boosts your confidence. And then it kind of, it also sets a standard for yourself. You say, you know what is, no, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the best fighters in Leinster. I'm going to go there to all irons. I'm going to perform. I'm going to do, do my bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So the thing is, that was my first year of boxing when I boxed in the Leinsters before that. And I made it to the Leinster final. So whoever was watching was obviously like, obviously, who is this kid, number one? He's only to come on the scene. But at 15, to even make it to the Leinster final, people are kind of like, that's quite good. You know what I mean? At 15, people are getting destroyed in their first bout at 15, you know? Yeah. Uh, whereas I, I made it, I, I got to the Leinster final at least. And then I was good enough to kind of, for them to say, yeah, listen, let's bring him to Blade in Canada and see how he gets on. But from that trip, because I didn't want to be a letdown on that trip, I knew a lot of them lads had way more experience than me. I was training twice a day before I went away to Canada, you know? So that's how, like, half dedicated I was even as a kid. Like, I was getting up before school, jogging at 6 o'clock, coming home, training, because I knew, right, what, I, what I'm lacking here in experience, I need to make up for in fitness and strength and stuff like that. So, um, but it was great to be able to go away and, and, and get that experience in Canada, you know? Because like you said, it was only a Leinster squad. It wasn't an Irish team. Yeah. Um, but we all went on to do good things then, even in the seniors and stuff like that, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But uh, to then top the bill and fucking 26 in America, it's mad. Like, sometimes yeah. I'd be thinking back of my own career. Because when you're, when, when you're doing it, you're not really appreciating it. When you're doing it, you're in the midst of things. So you're just like, get this shit done. Get every day of camp, that's all you have to get done, you know, you're not really thinking about the future or anything, and then all of a sudden the fight day is there, and you're like, oh shit, let's fucking fight this person, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, all these people at the point tickets, you've no door in the way now, so you just go, you have to fight, you do it, and obviously, whatever way it works out, it works out, but for me to now look back on my career, it's like, think even about Canada, man, how far we've came since then, to even topping the bill, in America, it's just fucking mental, you know what I mean? It's mad for me to even look back. I haven't appreciated my career as yeah. of yet. Like, I know once it's all said and done, I'll sit back and I'll be like, eh, I fucking done all right. I accomplished a good bit. Like, you know, but right now, I'm like, I haven't accomplished jack shit yet until I get that world title. That's my mindset on things. You know, big time. And then, kind of taking it kind of right back then, kind of to, to what, what you kind of got you in the box. And I know, kind of, obviously, your dad was a huge influence. Again, I, he's, he's kind of on my Facebook. I see him all the time. Again, one yeah. of the one of the best coaches in the country, I think, especially with the David Joyce's, I think one of the best best amateur fighters we've had now in a, in a, in a, in a generation, really. You know, cool. um, so kind of, I know because I know obviously your dad was a big influence, kind of getting you in the box and Do you want to tell us a little bit about about that? Yeah, well, like I, I've I've told the story a few times, but like I got in a fight as a, as a kid, like with a traveler and just a little bare knuckle boxing match, and we just battled each other. 
And uh, he gave me a black eye. So when I went home, my dad was like, right, come on, you go to the gym. So my dad, funny enough, I'm doing an interview later on with John O'Brien. Um, he's a, he was a former professional boxer. And I remember watching him and my dad spar as kids. My dad, Marco Till, John O'Brien, all in sparring as kids, you know. So when my dad went to the gym, that's what I was watching. I wasn't seeing my dad, like, playing football or hurling, you know, all these type of sports. It was like boxing was my dad's sport. And it's been in the family type of sport. But I, uh, I never really picked it up until I was a little bit later because my dad never pushed me into anything. My dad was always like, wherever you decide, then once you make a decision, then we go hard and we work hard for it, you know? So like I was playing football and I was in and out of all sorts of sports. And then um, eventually, I just turned like 14, 15, I started 14 it was, and I started going to the gym a lot with my dad uh, every weekend. And then I just I just kind of enjoyed it a lot, you know? I actually sparred Kelly Harrington. Um, in one of those gyms that, like, my dad used to be sparring in with John O'Brien and stuff. And uh, surely, you know, Kelly Harrington's, like, fucking world champion yeah, yeah. In, in the amateur stuff. Kelly was amazing. But it was her first year boxing as well. Or, or second, or, like, she was just kind of getting into it. So both was almost started at the same time. And uh, it, w- it was mental. I sparred her, and I just got a buzz for it. She yeah, pushed yeah. me nose and all, and I was like, what the fuck, like? I was like, can't get me nose buzzed off a girl. Like, I'm bashed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, fuck that, like... So I just wanted revenge. So I said, going back to the gym and I said to my dad, I was like, listen, I think I want to start competing now. I, I enjoy sparring. And also, I want to get her back. I want to get battered. I can't yeah. be battered more by just sparring her. You know what I mean? I need to spar more people. So I started getting in with my dad. I just started enjoying it more. And then we lived out in Ross Cross at the time. So the closest boxing gym was uh, Navin Boxing Club. So my dad just brought me up to Navin Boxing Club. And straight away, I was sparring Chris Blaney and that. So... I was getting, like, Chris was, like, three-time Irish champion or something at the time. And he was the same weight as myself. Um, so, straight away, we were getting, I was getting quality sparring, getting bashed, like, but I was getting deadly sparring, you know, for me. Uh, but in a much more experienced fighter at the time. And uh, then Chris started going up in the weight. I started going up a little bit in the weight. And then he was just getting too heavy for me. But because he was the only one I could spar, I had to spar him, you know. So, it was like, I had to be stronger, faster. I had to be just fitter yeah. just to even be getting in on top of him to be able to walk him, you know? So that made me walk a really hard, you know? So when it came, like, I had to fight Chris because I couldn't outbox him because he was always taller and longer and stuff. So I couldn't really box him. So we always had to fight him and hit body shots. So even as an amateur, I had to just get stuck in, half go to war, you know? Um, and it just it just set me up best for, for the pro game, kind of, you know what I mean? Because I was sparring him, I had to fight. I had no really option but to fight because I couldn't yeah. box him. You know, I, so, know, uh, I know firsthand how, how, how good of a boxer Chris Meaney can be. I've tried to, tried to uh, fight him a few <laughs> times and never never really kind of got the hang of it. Um, he's yeah, doing really he's, well at the minute. He's over with, over with Ricky Hatton over in, over in Manchester doing, doing yeah. well. Yeah, he's doing yeah. very well, yeah. But, like, that, that's the thing. Look, they're the type of people that I was in with from World Go, you know what I mean? So, for me, I, I had a lot more ex- people that were more experienced than me straight away. So, I was learning. I, I had to learn almost the hard way because I didn't learn as a kid and you get brought up through the ranks, like, through the toughness. I was trying in at 15 when people can already fight. They can already bang a little bit, they can, yeah. you know? So Chris was already, like, haunting me. The amount of times I got dropped hurt with body shots and, you know, little things. My first year was like, maybe you fuck off. Like, you know I'm not that good. Like, you're whacking me to the body. Like, you fuck <laughs> off. But you just have to, as a boxer, if you don't show up, then you're a pussy. Like, so it's yeah. like, you just have to show up every time. And when you're getting dropped, I'm not. Like, I remember going in to get the roll of tissue from my nose. Because every session it was bust open, wide open. You know, now I never get a busted nose, you know? Yeah. And I never get hurt with body shots. 
So it was the best thing that ever happened to me was, was training with Chris because he used to just batter me. And so I was used to taking a hiding almost at an early age. So when I started becoming good then, no one was really giving me hidings. And it was just like, this isn't too bad. I mean, I'm not getting battered anymore, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> and it just, just kind of snowballed. I just couldn't enjoy not getting bashed anymore. So I just kept yeah. going and going. I, I find stuff like that is, is kind of be so powerful as well. It's like having having like a training pawn or maybe kind of having the right team around you. I'm not sure kind of what we were set up with at MTK. I assume there's you know many world-class boxers over there with you. Um, but kind of yeah. having these people that kind of push you along, I find are so important for development. Because, we, you know, when we can left our own devices, a lot of time we can leave a little bit in the tank. But having yes. somebody who brings that extra 5 or 10% out of us regularly, yeah. I think, really makes 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 a big difference. For sure, 100%. So my coach um, fought David Lemieux, he fought Bladen Sergio Martinez, you know, um, fought a lot of big names. So he is experienced professional fighter himself, you know, when he was when he was in the fight game. So when I when I joined forces with him, like I was more like or less a fighter, you know, because being there with Pascal, I was just fighting all the time. I was in sparring uh, Stephen Ormond all the time. So me and the ring was a tiny bloody ring. So we just used to get in and kill each other. It was just a, a fight all the time. You know what I mean? Basically, yeah. there was no boxing ability involved. And then when I when I come over to Spain, we start going a little bit more technical, but I was still fighting. And then when I joined up with this uh, coach, he's uh, he's just so specific with what he does. You know what I mean? He doesn't he doesn't let you slack with your diet. Like like what I'm saying, he, he has me doing with strength and conditioning now, even though there's no. There's no blatant talks of a fight. There's no talks of blatant when even we can possibly fight again. Never mind me, yeah. you know. So, but he still has me on it. So when I was I done pads on for the first time, and stuff people were letting me away with, he was pulling me on straight away. He was like, no, you need to do this and you need to do that. He was making sure I was twisting into my shots and loads of things. He was like, no, mate, that's like, he was just on me, on me, on me. I was like, what the fuck? I, felt, I actually walked out of the gym thinking. I felt like an amateur, you know what I mean? Yeah, I felt like yeah. a bleeding. It was like my first day in the gym. I was like, fuck me. Like, I felt shit. Yeah. And many times I felt shit. And like, I mean, in that camp with, with Quig, even two or three times, I, was, I felt like a bleeding amateur walking out. Like, no one, some days, your mind's just not with your body. Your mind's telling your body to do something. Your body's just not able to do it, you know? Yeah. And he he was on me, on me, on me. And fucking hell, like, I felt like so bad sometimes. I was like walking away, devastated with the train. So I was like, fuck that. But the next day, I come back hungry because I'm like, I want to fix that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want that to be better next time. So every day, I just want to be better. And I just find, like, uh, we have so many undervalued professional fighters here over in Spain. It's, it's mad because they don't get the opportunities that the Americans do or the bloody, even Irish and English now at this stage do. Yeah. We have some quality Spanish fighters. But because the Spanish can't sell that many tickets because in Spain, it's not a blading. Yeah, it's behind football. Yeah, it's all football, all football over here. So they get kind of half like pushed to the side, but it makes them hungry, it makes them work hard. So when I'm getting these sparring partners, man, fucking, because I'm a bit of a name now, they're coming trying to take my head off, make a name for themselves, you know what I mean? But it's great because it's making me work hard. So I don't care, it's, it, it's a brilliant thing, you know? It's great. Yeah. And then come here, John. And so, kind of, when you're a little bit younger, then kind of after you're doing your doing doing your bit in the amateurs, you kind of went off to Australia then, and that's kind of when your pro career really started. Um, I think before you kind of start back boxing, kind of you're doing the usual kind of kind of backpacker life or whatever, kind of floating in about. You're working in KFC and stuff for a while. What was your kind of motivation to then get back into boxing and become a professional fighter? So I was working in loads of jobs, and I just kind of I did been working two or three different jobs at this stage, um, and nothing was like I wasn't enjoying anything. You know, I wasn't like I was I was getting it done. I was happy to get paid and stuff like that, and it was nice to have a few quid in my pocket, but there was nothing giving me that like satisfaction as like 
oh, that was great. Like, that was a great week's work. Because yeah. I just felt like I was like, I'm working for someone else here. Like, you know, I'm working for someone else's dream. I kind of like, not working on other people's jobs or other, other people's like businesses or whatnot. So I was just like, this is not like what I want to do in my life. But whatever reason, I always thought, always like as a kid even, I always thought, I'm going to be loaded. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to live in a sunny country. I'm going to have a nice house. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to be able to buy that. Talking about buying planes and all when I was a kid. Like, you know, like promise me bleeding, like, one of me babysit is a woman who used to babysit me and I used to promise her I'll buy you a plane one day and all like and she still reminds me she's still like when are you buy me that fucking plane I'm like yeah I need a few more world fights first but I always knew even as a kid I was telling her I was going to be buying planes and buying this buying that you know so from my mindset as as a kid was always like I want to be something I want to do something extra in my life so I was working over there and yeah it was good to be getting a paycheck and that but I knew like this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? This is not satisfying enough to me. Whatever it was, it just wasn't satisfying enough, you know? Because I wasn't working on my own self. So then I just went back to the gym. I actually got uh, I got let go from this job because we could only be in, in jobs six months at a time. And then you had to move on to the next job. So I got let go from one job because the time was up basically. So I was like really grand. And I was bored looking for bleeding jobs. And that's when I fell into KFC. And KFC was only around the corner from the boxing gym. So I got the job at KFC, and then I was, like, eating all the chicken and getting fat and off the KFC. I was like, fuck this. So I need to go back to the gym. Like, so I just went to the boxing gym because it's in Australia. Like, so it's sunny. You want to be walking around with your top off. You don't want to be a little foot not walking around. You know what I mean? So that's why I, went. I just fell back into the gym, basically just to lose a bit of weight. And uh, the first day I went in, I seen a fella sparring, and he, was, he, he fought at lightweight. Um, but he was fighting fellas at like 75 kilo and all, 80 kilo, much bigger than him. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So that wouldn't have been allowed in an amateur gym in Ireland. You know, yeah. people would have been like, no, get out. Like, But because uh, this was the only work this fella basically could get because the, the lads were like half decent and we were sparring, but they were still like probably one or two fights as an amateur, you know? like So they weren't yeah. good. So I, I said to the trainer, I was like, if you want, I can jump in and give him a little move around. And he said, oh, no, he's just done. This is his last round now, but you can come back tomorrow. And uh, give him a little spar if you want. Oh, get, tomorrow or the next day, and give him a little spar. I was like, yeah, grand. I was like, can I just hit the bags on that today? Then, yeah, no problem. So I was hitting the bags, and then straight away, he came over to me after. I done my session. He was like, yeah, you look quite good there, blah, 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 blah. Um, like, we'll see how you get on tomorrow. And he just kind of asked me a bit more information about myself. So I told him, listen, I went to our Ireland, blah, blah, blah. I loved amateur boxing. I was like, but I want to go to 2012 Olympics. I broke my hand. And it just, I just felt like it was kind of gone then, you know what I mean? So I just actually walked away from the sport and now I'm over here trying to get a job just to get a bit of work, you know what I mean? So when he was like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I got in anyway the next day and I sparred his, his fighter and I battered his fighter for four rounds. Battered him. Even the fourth round was fucked, but I battered him. And I, I was at him smoking weed all the day before. I was smoking, I probably smoked a joint before I went to the fucking match or before I went to the spar. And I, I battered him anyway. And I was like, this is too easy. Like, you know what I mean? These are fucking Australians. These are professional boxers. So when I got out, anyway, I got out of the ring and your man was like, why don't you turn pro? You're a good pro. He has like four fights as a professional. He only lost one and that was his first. And he got an injury, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, listen, I was like, in Ireland or England or that, and you need to go to the Olympics. You need to, need to make a bit of a name for yourself. I need to probably go to America to turn pro. I was like, it's just not as easy as that over where I come from. I was like, but <laughs> mate, I don't want to fucking be an amateur. I've got robbed in the amateurs hundreds of times. I just... I'd love to be a professional. I was like, if you want to tell me proud, then let's do it, mate. No problem. So we said, yeah, okay. I know a promoter. We'd have one more amateur belt and we go pro. I was like, fuck it. Let's do it then. 
and the rest is history. Just done that, and it's mad, mate. Where it all came came from. I must message him and just say, yeah, thanks, mate. Because it wasn't for him, I wouldn't probably be a pro. You know what I mean? He's the one that asked me to go pro. I didn't even ask her to go pro. He asked me to go pro. So it's kind of one, one of these things. One of these things, and because I, I know you kind of talk a little, a little bit about it, and we might kind of touch on a little bit kind of things like you know, law of attraction and the universe, and kind of putting things out there, and kind of maybe some kind of the, the universe has like a has a plan for you, kind of and all this kind of stuff. Um, which kind of I I kind of believe in a little bit as well. You know, I kind of believe like you gotta you gotta speak it into existence. You gotta manifest your own yeah. dreams. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you gotta yeah, be taking 100%. action all the time. Um, yeah. But then, because so now, kind of now in your career, like, what are your motivations? I know you've got a beautiful family. You've got a long-term uh, uh, partner, Gemma, uh, a little, little baby. You know, obviously, yeah. kind of to securing your, your your family's financial future, all that kind of stuff is kind of the big priority now. What are like? Do you, do you want to leave a legacy in boxing? I know you said sometimes maybe boxing you see sometimes as a bit of a means to an end kind of thing. Um, what is your perspective now that you're really kind of approaching that that next level? Yeah, you know what? For me, it was it was always a means to an end because I never planned on boxing. Even though I loved it, I never planned on just how I'm going to make all my money or just how I'm going to be, you know, just how I'm going to live my life. I just loved the sport. Simple as that. Like, people say, like, oh, some people box for money. People, some people box for, for all sorts of reasons, you know. I box because I enjoyed the sport and because of what it's kept me away from. I enjoyed, I enjoyed, don't get me wrong, I fucking enjoy the fact that I get to pay as the bills, you know what I mean? And, and, the, and all that sort of stuff. But there's many easier ways to make money. Best fucking believe it, you know what I mean? Than the box. Kiwi, Kiwi, you, you know, you remember Kiwi? Yeah, Kiwi man from Planifa. He's one that he's, he drilled that in my head a long time ago. That's one of the reasons I want to be an entrepreneur. He's like, there's easier ways to make money, and that's kind of like maybe fell off out of love with the dream of turning pro and stuff. I was like, you know what it is? You're right, Kiwi. Yeah, 100. percent There's definitely easier ways to make money. And for me, I have a very good head on my shoulders as well. Like entrepreneur, I'm the same. I want businesses constantly. I'm always thinking of different businesses, different opportunities coming up. You know, because like you say, like I need this secure my family's fucking future forever because for me, like, it's... I'm only looking at probably having maybe two, three more years in this game. I'm not looking at being maybe three or four. Let's be real, like, because I'm only going to be 31, kind of. Uh, so, like, 31, 32, I want to be out of this sport. So, for me, I'm just looking at getting the, the, as big as fights as I possibly can now. Leaving a legacy, I don't know, like, just... I don't really give a fuck about all the legacy because, like... It is what it is. People, someone somewhere is going to come along, no matter what I do in the sport, somewhere, somewhere, someone somewhere is going to come along and try to beat that fucking legacy and they're, and they're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it is what it is. So I'm just looking at trying to enjoy my life, enjoy the process and enjoy the sport, you know, enjoy the whole journey, not just the destination. So for me, it's more about having fun with it. You know what I mean? Enjoying it. Knowing that it's just, these are just experiences that I'm having in my life. You know what I mean? Like, boxing isn't me. Like, boxing doesn't define me. It's not what I am as a person or who I am as a person, you know? But yet, I love the sport and I appreciate the sport and I love the fact that it's given me the platform that it's given me, you know, to be able to help people. Um, so, I don't know. Like, my, my whole thing, I enjoy helping people. I really enjoy helping people. I enjoy giving people um, my bit of life experience, I suppose, on on boxing and life in general and fucking how to get over bleeding, losing someone, depression, all that sort of shit. Like I'm helping people behind the scenes and, and I don't, I'm not one to be boasting and bragging about it. I don't really give a fuck about all that. Like, but that's why I love the sport is that it's given me that platform that I'm able to help people and I'm able to, I don't know, just make a difference in someone's life. Like I always used to say when I was a kid as well, like 
if you can make a difference in one person's life in your lifetime, then you've done something good. Like you've your life was worth living. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I always just want to help people. Uh, so boxing, I, I've been able to help people along even the sport and been able to give people nutritional advice and fucking all that sort of shit. You know, but I don't know what boxing is, to be honest, and why I do it. I just do it because I enjoy it. You know, I do it because I love it. And uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the goal is in the main. I just know I, I want the world title. Like I can't die and not get a world title. Like I won't die a happy man if I don't achieve my world title. And simply because no one got to do with the world title. Because when I get that world title, the world title itself, like the belt and all that itself, doesn't mean jack shit. Like I don't care about the belt. Like my dad has my first European belt, um, IBF European belt. I gave that to my dad. So he has that in his house. The prize for a trophy as well. Get that to me, Dad, because he loves the sport. Like, I enjoy the sport, but I don't love the sport. You yeah, know what I mean? I enjoy fan. it. Yeah, he's a fan of the sport. Like, he yeah. he loves it. But uh, and then my my intercontinental IBF, like I have in the gym and MTK Marbella. So I haven't even got anything in my house. Like, there's nothing in my house. I have no belts. I have no achievements. I have no nothing in my house because that's not the achievement. Like, the belt isn't an achievement. The the achieving the belt in the first place, the fight that you had to achieve it, you know, like the name of achieving that in the first place, that's what the achievement is, you know, um, and then all the pushing yourself throughout the camps and stuff like that, like the everyday waking up, accomplishing the everyday goal, they're all goals that I'm happy that I achieved, you yeah. know, like I didn't slack, I fucking made weight when I needed to make weight, like they're all goals that as a man, I'm happy that I achieved them because I said I would achieve them, so it just shows that I'm a disciplined human being and I believe Anyone, no matter what sport or whatever, what fucking job you're involved in, if you're a disciplined human being and you can and you, you have your your head screwed on and your mind right, and you like like you said with the whole law of attraction thing, if you're visualizing things, you're writing things down and what you want to accomplish, and then you you give like a yearly goal, a monthly goal, a fucking weekly goal, and then even a daily goal. Like if you think about like say your yearly goal, if you just think about it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna achieve that, but you have no fucking plan and place how to achieve it, you're probably never going to achieve it. But if you've wrote down that goal and then you wrote down the steps on how to achieve that goal, and then there's an everyday step, then you have a plan in place. Then you know how to achieve shit. You know what I mean? So there's just like something people need to do a lot more. It's like when they want to achieve something or they want to, they need to write it down and they need to then write down how they're going to achieve it. The day by day steps. You know what I mean? And don't worry about how you're going to get there. Just worry about the little day-by-day -day steps. Like, don't worry about the big fucking goal. Like, because that shit will come with time. Because, like, look at me. I fought for a world title. But my my steps were, like, trained twice a day when I was 15 to fucking in Canada to, to win when I went to Canada. I won when I went to Canada. And then it was like, right, let's fucking continue training twice a day to win this All-Ireland. And that year, I won the All-Ireland. You know? So, like, it was, it was always the train, the little small part, and then you will accomplish the big goal, you know? Mm -hmm. As I found about, about kind of combat sports in general, obviously you cannot box it. I love boxing as well. Um, but combat sports in general are so useful for kind of fine tuning your own kind of mental skills. You know, I feel like kind of, for me, boxing, what's boxing done for me really well was it really helped me kind of face my own demons and kind of overcome my own anxieties and develop my own self-confidence and discipline and all these other aspects that I feel like a lot of people are struggling with now and maybe they're, they're lacking these things in their life. You know, kind of yes, a lot of kind of sure. some things that would, would crumble some people. We, like, we, we take them with a stride in our step because it's like, if you've ever had to fight somebody with your, <laughs> yeah. with your mom, your dad, your cousins, everyone you know, all your friends, everybody's there. It's like, that for me was a hugely anxious. Oh, it's intimidating. Girl. 
you learn to, to come we get over it. For sure, it's so intimidating. Like many a times, I used to say, "Ask me, Dad, is yourself." I used to, I used to ask me whole family, "Please don't come to this fight," because they used to always want to come to show their support. And now it's like, "You fucking, you, you cheapskate, get buy a fucking ticket, come to me fight." Now I'm like wanting everyone to be at me fights, you know. But it's mad. Before, as an amateur, like you said, like I, I was the same. I was a bit like shy. I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to make a show of myself. I didn't want to, you know, my own my own demons I was able to overcome and that's just mental strength and that's what I loved about the boxing is that you have to be mentally strong to be able to fight someone even even just the fucking dressing rooms the, the drive towards the fucking the destination where you're about to fight you're just like I can't believe I'm about to do this like I'm setting yourself up to have a scrap with someone and like if anyone's ever had a straightener before it's not much different like if, if it's a planned straightener and it's like a day or two ahead then it's the exact same thing. You have the same nerves, the same excitement, your fucking butterflies and all. You still can't really sleep. Like it's, it's almost like a similar thing. Yeah. But ours is just in front of thousands of people. So yeah. if you lose or you get knocked out, it's like it's way more embarrassing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, there's definitely definitely a lot more on the line. Um, and it's what is what is kind of the day to day life like now for you, John? Like what does what is the life of a professional fighter look like? Training, nutrition, all that fun stuff. Living the fucking good life, mate. <laughs> every day, I swear to God, I'm not missing. Every day is a good day for me, mate. Because I wake up knowing I'm accomplishing my dreams. I'm, I'm on route to accomplishing my goals. So, like you were saying before, like the depression, the anxiety. I believe all of those, the likes of those, um, even schizophrenic, all those mental states, I believe they all happen because we all want to know what our purpose is in this fucking mad, crazy-ass life. And people are so, like, stressing about what they should do. And that's why we go to school, and that's why we, we get an education and all. But then it's like, you have to get a job. And then it's like, you have a family. Then you have to pay bills. And people are kind of like, well, where the fuck is my time? Like, where is, like, stuff that I enjoy doing? Like, where is, like, you know, some time for myself? So I created a life around me that, is positive, is a happy life, is a fucking, I wake up in the morning, take a few deep breaths, like I do a bit of breathing technique, I get in a cold ass shower, like so this morning I didn't do a my breathing Wim technique, do the Wim Hof, yeah, but I jump up, I usually have a shower, and then I do a workout or something, but this morning I just, I done the Wim Hof, the baby was bouncing all over me, so I couldn't relax, I was like, fuck this, damn you make breakfast, I'm going out there a little 15, 20 minutes, blast on these weights, straight away, I just done that, had a little shake, do me weights in the sun, like, it was first thing this morning. And then it was like, what are you having your holiday do? What, what do you want to do, babe? Are you going to go to swim pill? You want to do thing? I went down, had a swim. I done that. Like, so it's, it's still early. It's one o'clock in the day. I've already got to walk out in. I've already had a swim, playing with the baby. I was teaching her to swim without her armbands on. You know, she's only three. But I'm like, fuck it. Why not? You know what I mean? So, like, every day I've just created a life around myself that is a beautiful life. I keep waking up. Every day I'm saying to the missus, like, so blessed like we are so fucking blessed like and you see on many of my posts i always hashtag blessed or they always you know let it be known that i don't take this life for granted i created this life i worked extremely hard for this life but i visualized this life and i said this was the life i was going to live and i i wrote down the plans on how to accomplish this life so you know i'm very thankful and happy on, on my own self but getting back to the whole what we were talking about being anxious and being stuck I don't feel that anxious anymore. I, I used to have it when I was a kid a little bit. I never feel anxious anymore because I know I'm on route to, to a good life. I'm on route to accomplishing 
a good life. And not even just with boxing, like I'm with making money. Like I'm not talking about that is a good life. Like what you were saying about you need to be very mentally strong with boxing. So like I'm getting into doing like this breathing technique, the Wim Hof breathing technique, meditate and all that, fucking yoga, mad shit like that. Like normally I would be like, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. you know, like that when I was a teenager, when I would have laughed at somebody that said I'd be doing yoga at this age, I'm like, fuck off, maybe you could out here. Like, but I'm doing it because it's making me happy. Like it's yeah. making me like the other day, just take this for an example. The other day, I woke up and I'm always positive, I'm always in good form because I always try to do, but because I was I always try to do something like a workout or something to kind of make me feel good. But because I was, uh, I woke up this day and it was my rest day, and I swear to God, I was sitting there, the got far down my head, and I could just feel tension. And I was like, I knew I was going to have an argument with Gemma if I had to continue going the, the route I was going, you know what I mean? So I was like, no, this is not good. I was like, Gemma, give me five minutes. I'll be back in a minute. She said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just going upstairs. I'm just going to do this little breathing technique. I'll be back down a minute. She's like, are you fucking real? It's like in the middle of the day. Like, I was like, yes, yeah, so. Like, I'm just going to do it. I, was, I just need five minutes for myself. I was like, I, I just need this time. And she was like, all right, you might think, go on, whatever. So I was like, grand. So I went upstairs, 15 minutes or something. I set me alarm. And I put on this, like, brainwaves. Like, this is how much I'm getting into my, my mind type of shit, you know? Like, yeah. I put on this brainwave music stuff. It's Brain Emanuel or something. It's some app that I have on my phone. And it gives you, like, these brainwaves. And it kind of puts you on this certain frequency, you know what I mean? So we want to be in, like, a happy frequency, like a good a good mindset. So I put on, like, this brain thing, done the Wim Hof breathing while I was listening to it. Put on the earphones, and I swear to God, mate. I done the breathing technique in the space of like 10, 15 minutes. I came back down the stairs like floating on cloud nine. The rest of the day was great, you know? Big so, time. not just, my life isn't great. I'm not like bouncing around my life. Oh, it's a fucking great. I make my life great. I, I choose to be happy. Like, mm-hmm. happiness is a choice. We all mm-hmm. choose to be happy. We choose to be miserable. We choose to bitch about other people. Or we choose to spread negativity or positivity. One or the other. It's, it's totally your choice. I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, and I, I can be same so I'm kind of the one that's kind of usually positive, usually happy, kind of all this stuff. But it said, I, I feel like what I wrote down there was like, you know, it's this whole concept of action. It's like we're, we're, we're made to, to, be, to be in movement. We're not, when we, when we, when we sure. stay in the same space where that's kind of when our relationships, our career, whatever it is, if we're not moving for, forward, we're built for progress. And this kind of concept of my favorite thing is action alleviates anxiety. So when we take action, as you said, we're in this space, but then it's through the movement. And again, so most of the time, a lot of the time it can be moving the body, but it's moving the mind. And I feel like one of the things I kind of looking back is kind of one of the reasons I really struggled with anxiety was I didn't realize that I could actually take control of the thoughts. You get what I'm saying? Sure. You just you did, like because the fear on the stuff kind of set comes in. That's just the natural yeah. kind of default setting. But you it's can a human. You can that's the human around. reaction. That's a human body reaction is to keep you safe. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's that's from your parents almost as a kid. Like, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't yeah. jump on you for everything. But yeah, you're 100 correct on what you're saying. It, you're in control of your thoughts. You're in control of what you're thinking. And it's good that you're conscious of your thoughts because when you're conscious of it, then you, you're almost you're almost in a position to, to change and flip your thoughts. Because if you're, if you're conscious of your negative thoughts, then why can't you change them negative thoughts to be positive thoughts? Yeah. Uh, but it, but it, what people forget is it's, it's uh, for me, for me anyway, it works through repetition. It's like doing it once is all right, but you got to do it every day. Like I, I use like some a five minute uh, uh, gratitude journal. Every morning you write down three things I'm grateful for. My intention yeah. for the day. All this simple stuff. But people can, the simple stuff people discounted as being too simple, but it really has a huge, huge impact. Like I've got a couple of books. Oh, huge. 
one of my favorite things to do is kind of study successful people. And obviously you would be the fine, obviously as a successful person, a person who's living their goal, kind of manifesting their dreams, all this kind of stuff. But the key thing yes. is they all take action towards the goals. They're not passive in life. You know, whether they take yeah. control of their thoughts and they're taking control of their actions and they set a plan and they do, as I said, it's as simple as set the goal, reverse engineer. We'll break it down yeah. into the steps. I want to make a hundred grand a year. hundred grand a year is what? You know, 10 grand a month, eight grand a month. You get what I'm saying, right? What's that? So a week, I need to make two grand a week or what can I do to make two grand a week? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I know this big goal is now in some way attainable. You know, it's more realistic. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's what people don't see. It's people want something really hard and confusing and fucking almost daunting. And they will accept that answer. Yeah. You know, if, if the hard and confusing, because then they're like, ah, oh, that's too hard. Fuck that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But when you give them an easy thing to do that they can simply do, they still choose not to do it. Yeah. There's, most people still choose not to write down their goals, not to write down their dreams and all this stuff because it sounds too easy. But those easy things, are, it's, all it is basically is to, is to give you something to work towards and to give you an image, putting images in your head. Because like, the conscious and unconscious mind, we don't know the difference between what is reality and what is, what is not reality. So if we're closing our eyes and we're imagining driving that Ferrari or driving this, driving that, your mind doesn't really know what the difference is, you know? Because realistically, you could have done that. Because we are just, we are just a, a form of energy. And our, our, our brain and all that shit, it's just not kind of... We are just basically programmed. That's all it is. Programmed as a kid, you know? And then... It's up to you whether to, to reverse that program or not or stick with that program. So for me... I feel, I feel like some, somewhere a lot of people get caught is kind of the, they get caught in the mindset whereas maybe maybe it was a little bit unfair. Maybe you did get a, have a poor star. And again, sure, we could all talk about our problems. I, I, I know that about yours. You've, you've had, a, had a tough coming up again, lost a lot of people you really care about. Um, but what we can do is it's like, it's, that was, it's not your fault, but you can be damn sure it is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to fix it. You know, and it wasn't yeah. your fault. No, no, maybe you did not deserve it. No, nobody deserves it. But... Who's going to take control now? Are you going to wait for somebody to come and save you? Are you waiting for a hero? The hero's not yeah. coming. You know when you got to stand up and coming. do it on your own. Hundred percent. You need to be that hero. Yeah. I say that to a lot of people. Like someone asked me, uh, "What advice?" Or, or someone asked me an interview day I only do a day, and that was that was actually what I said. What advice would you give to some like the people coming up? I said, just be your own hero in your own fucking story. Yeah. You know what I mean? People are like, "Who do you who do you look up to?" I'm like, "I don't really look up to anyone. I I look at people as like." that I would like to be, like successful people, business people and stuff like that. Um, monks and all, man. I'm fucking Googling all these monks how to meditate and all this mad shit. But I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying to take a little piece of every single person and add it to my own game. Whatever works for me, works. And whatever doesn't, then I just, it doesn't work. Whatever, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. But for me, I'm just trying to uh, take as much on, much on board as I possibly can. You know, I'm trying to read all these self, self-help books my, uh, blading business books, you fucking how to win in life, how to win in law, how to win in blading, how to like mind fuck people, all this sort of shit. And it all helps me when I'm in boxing, when I'm in the press conference and all. Like, it's business is now different to, to, to the sport almost. You know, like you can read a business book or you can win, win a book on winning and accomplished stuff in sports, but they're nearly the two, like the, 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 the actions you may take is nearly the exact same things. You know what I mean? So Success leaves clues. Yeah, success does leave clues. And one thing what I will say is, what we all need to realize is that if someone else has accomplished before, why can't you? You know what I mean? What makes them better than you? Nothing. The only thing that makes them better than you is that they 
went and they believed in themselves and they walked they walked really hard they wrote down their goals they believed in they set a standard and once you say see the thing is once you set a standard for yourself you don't ever want to go below that standard yeah you know what i mean so the life i'm living right now from the boxing and stuff like in spain and stuff i don't like so just take this for an example i lived in australia and um, i lived for about four months i think it was in the shed doing me farm work and um, me and Gemma lived in a shed like a walk shed like a tool fucking shed you know what i mean yeah. like um we had one microwave we had a double bed and literally that's all that was in the blade thing now what oh we the toasted cheese sandwich maker ham and cheese sandwich maker <laughs> that's what we had as well so that is what we lived off basically for bleeding months we could have a shower in in the house but like the house wasn't ours you know what i mean like that we could have a shower that was it but like my god like there's no chance or not that there's no chance because I'd do it in a happy. But if I could choose to, I wouldn't. I would never have my family to live there again because I've set the standard to where I'm living now. You know what I mean? Like, once you start living in better places and better buildings and stuff like that, you're like, I don't want to live in the flats again. I'm yeah. moving now. You know what I mean? I'm not, no disrespect that to anyone that's there because we have been there or you've been there. You know what I mean? Like, if we hadn't got hooked in and got to stay in that bleeding shed, I would have been homeless. Like, me and Gemma would have been homeless. And that is no joke. Like, we were literally about two days from being homeless. And that woman offered us her shed in Australia. And we are like, blessed. We were fucking so happy, like, over the moon. Like, I'm not messing, actually. I was happier that day that I got that bleeding, that tool shed to sleep in, than the day I bought my house. I am not even fucking messing. Because I wasn't stressing that much. I was renting a place. I had a place that I was living here anyway. I wasn't stressing about life, so I didn't, wasn't, didn't need to buy this car, but I did. But fuck me, when I was in Australia, I was looking at cars and all the boy, and I had about four or 500 quid of savings, and I needed that to deal with me the whole time while I was doing my farm work, and I was still looking at the car the boy just to sleep in. You yeah. know, it was that bad, man. So it's it's mad from where, where it was to where I am now. Like what you were saying. It's not your fault, maybe, that you've been in a bit of a rut, or you... You got born into a certain type of family or like your, your mother or father bleeding addicted drugs or depressed or whatever the case may be. You know, we all have different situations, but it is definitely your fucking life and your responsibility to, to take hold of your own life and say, I'm not living like this. I want to live better. And <clears throat> that's all in your hands because I was always the one that said from a kid, I want to live in a sunny house, a sunny place, sunny country, this, that. I was the one that went to Australia. I'm now living in Spain. Like I want to... I, I wasn't giving up on that that dream, that goal, you know what I mean? Even though from Australia, I went back, I lived in Ireland for a year or two to then get me over here. But it is what it is, you know what I mean? You need to take sacrifices to in order to get to where you want to get to. So sometimes it's all right to take a backward step, but once you set the bar, it's good to keep raising that bar. And like you said, we wouldn't have anxiety and stuff like that, I think, if we constantly are progressing and constantly. And that's what my, my job as in boxing that's what that makes, like, you know yourself, you're a boxing man, you can never learn, or you can never know too much in boxing, there's always something, you know, you're always doing something wrong, or you're always not fit enough, or you're not fucking strong enough, or you're too fat, or you're not on weight, or there's always something that you need to work on, so, boxing, there's always, you always have to be better, and I find, that's what has made me better, because I've took that concept, and put it into my life. Yeah, no, unreal. And as you touched on that, kind of, so you do, you do, kind of, you're into kind of reading the books and this kind of stuff. Any kind of book recommendations? Any kind of real books that had a big impact on you? Yeah, well, I read The Secret. I thought that was great, you know. Um, but the one thing with The Secret and the likes of the books like that, they all tell you certain things, 
but they don't tell you how like they're all saying like just sit and fucking basically write letters and, and wish and dream that it comes no she isn't going to just land in a lap because yeah. you're, you're visualising it every day. You have to visualise it, yeah, but visualise it and then go out and do something to accomplish it. You know, like, so if I'm visualising being a boxer, I still doesn't mean I'm going to visualise being a world champion and it's going to happen. I need to stick it out and walk and train and my ass off and make weight and eat the right foods and do all the correct things in order to make that goal a reality. So, like, you need, you need to take action as well. You, you need to write down your goals, you need to do all your things, but you also need to take action and I'm reading a book now at the minute it's called Win and I like that it's it's good but uh, psychology kind of thing is it? yeah psychology thing yeah it's basically on the front of it it's just like a big maze it's just Win and capital letters it's like a big maze but it's just about life and business and mental you know like it's about everything to be honest like it's about obviously Win obviously it's got to do with sports a lot you know what I mean but then there's there's bits in it and it's all about business and stuff like that too you know it's all about a mindset and um, it's based on there's a lot it talks about a lot of the, the rugby footballers or the rugby players and stuff the Irish rugby fo- fo- uh, saying footballers the Irish rugby players as well and it talks about one or two of them in it so it, it's a good it's a good thing so I'm in the middle of doing that but uh, there's so many of them you know what I mean there's so many of them I, I do you know what I read and I didn't finish it? I'm kind of half snapping. I didn't finish it. But what I keep going, keep doing is going back and just reading paragraphs out of it is uh, Think and Grow Rich yeah, by Napoleon Hill. Yeah, big time. That's one that he's one day one that kind of, he developed the, the, the self-help industry in, in general, didn't he? I think he, was he the one he went around and interviewed all the successful millionaires yes. and billionaires of his time? Yeah. And I kind of yeah, took all the top him. tips, put them all in the, in the book. He, uh, he kind of really kicked yeah. things off. Um, 100%. You know, big time. If you have if you have a chance, there's another really good book I've always recommended to people. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And this is kind of yeah. he goes through a different rules. Rule one is be proactive. So it's like be a proactive person. Don't be a reactive person. Don't be reacting to the economy. Don't be reacting to the weather. Be prepared. Do focus yeah. on what you can focus on, and then don't worry about anything else. And then the second one is like begin with the end in mind and put first things first, how to prioritize your day and all this kind of stuff. Really, 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 really good book. Highly recommend it. If you, I'm not a great reader. I kind of, a lot of time I'll buy the book after I've listened to it, just Damn, to add yeah. it to my library. Um, because it looks cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Audio books, because I, I, I've never, like anyone here that kind of thinks, I was kind of maybe a little bit intimidated by people who say, oh, I've read, you know, 100 books. So I was like, fuck, I can never really imagine myself doing that. But what I can do is I can listen to an audio book when I'm going running or like when I'm, Cutting the grass, yeah. or running for a walk, or whatever, you know. What yeah, you- yeah, for sure. And that's what I try to do. Like when I'm on, when I'm on the planes, because like, I'll be fucking always back and forth from blading press conferences and all sorts of shit. So even like the the hour or two that you're sitting there waiting to go on the plane, I I'm the same. I listen to the audio book, and that is where I actually the Think and Grow Rich. I've never, I haven't got Think and Grow Rich as the book. Because if I had that as the book, I probably would have read it. But I was just listening to it as the audio on my phone. Because you can get it as an app. So people have no bleeding excuses these days. You can get them all on the apps. Yeah, there's there's an amazing app. I'll probably I'll link it below in this uh, under the, under this video. It's called Audible. Audible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of sister company of Amazon. And again, any nearly any book you want under the sun, you can get them. And it's like eight pound a month. Again, the best money you'll Deadly. ever spend. The book takes the the lessons it has taken as somebody a lifetime to learn and condense yeah. them into a book that you can read in a couple of hours or a couple of days or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so valuable for like, you know what, 20 quid, even if you know, for a book, it's like the best money you'll ever spend. Oh, 100%. And the thing is with books, like it's, it's knowledge. You know what I mean? You're gaining knowledge. So like, the thing is, if I get a millionaire right now, right, I strip him of all his money and I throw him out into the fucking, into the world. 
that fella is going to come back in the next two years a millionaire again because yeah. of the knowledge that he knows. Simple yeah. as bleeding that. So it's, it's because of your mind. Like, you need to just gain more knowledge to be a more successful person. You know, like the more... I find the more successful I'm getting, the more I need to know. The more I need to know about all this type of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, the more I'm like, on it, and I want to know more. So it's like, sometimes, like, I started with Bob Proctor and, and the yeah. Law of Attraction and fucking The Secret and all. That's who I started with originally. And then from him, man, I went on to, like, that was like three, four years ago. And from him, I mean, boxing career is just sky high, rocket. And I just, now I love it. You know what I mean? Now I just know books is knowledge. And when, you, when you're when gaining knowledge, man, like, that shit that, when you read, I find when you read something, it just it installs way better than when you hear it. That's the only thing about yeah, the audio books. Yeah, yeah. When I hear it, I don't remember it as much. Because when I read it, I, I just I don't know, it just sinks in a lot better. You know yeah, what well, I mean? So something something I, I, I've kinda I've tested with a little bit is um actually having the book, reading the book but listening to it at the same time. I find that yeah. works very well. Because I don't know what it is, yeah. just the, the focus of reading. I know I, I do struggle with it. Um, but what I do at the same time, I'll read yeah, no. the book a couple of times. If I, I struggle. I struggle with reading a lot. So I'm fucking brutal. Like I was brutal in skill, and I never, never cared about skill. Never paid attention to skill. Like I literally, I was just a, a messer. You know what I mean? So for me, the same reading was very daunting to me. Like before I started getting into all these books, the only thing I ever read in my life was the two pack book, and that was literally just poems. Like you know what I mean? It wasn't even a book. It was poems. Like that was the only thing I ever read in my life. And uh, so for me. I've only started reading by getting into all these books. What I do with the audio books is sometimes I press play, but I read at the same as it's talking. I'm reading it on the screen. Nice, nice. I find that drills into my head better. And like even on the plane and all, like if, if I just sit back sometimes and just close my eyes, I don't really like it doesn't sink in properly. But when I see it with my eyes and and just I hear it as well, like because I'm reading it as well. I find it's actually made me a much better reader too, because now I'm reading really fast. Like where I was not really that good of a reader, but it was alright. Really, like, but now I'm actually a quite good reader from doing this too. You know what I mean? So not only is it helping me with me fucking, also it's helped me with me speech. Reading books helps you with your speech loads. Yeah, I don't know it's loads times I've been doing interviews and all, and bum, I'll come out with some fucking word. I'm like. Psh. You knew I had that in there. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not even messing. And you're it's definitely mad. pretty funny. You're, you're pretty because even can I, I said I was kind of watching some of your videos there on YouTube over the last uh, week or so, kind of kind of before the podcast and um, seen the one of the interviews again with the, I think it was the second fight with Declan Gregory um, on the it was on the Jamie Conlon undercard. Um, yeah. You know, and again, you're 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 definitely a character. Definitely kind of good with the good with the good with the the the, the war of the wars, as they say. Um, yeah. And do you have any inspiration? Obviously, is McGregor an inspiration for that, or you know Mayweather, all these people? Muhammad Ali again. I think that's one, another one of these things where success leaves clues. It's like if Ali for done sure. it, if McGregor done it, if Mayweather does it, these were all the top. It's like there's all, there's something to it. You know, it's this whole for thing. Sure. Speaking about it, not just kind of thinking and having the courage. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's the big thing with people as well. A lot of people they say it to the close circle, but they. And they have don't truly believe it. But when you put it out there to the world, you're either going to have to bite the bullet when everyone says, ah, you said this and it didn't happen. Or else you truly believe it and you'll fucking accomplish it. So it's one or the other. You know what I mean? So for me, that's why I put a lot of things out there. And I enjoy being a character. Like I was saying to you earlier, I enjoy the whole process of it. I enjoy slagging Declan Gary, enjoy slagging Farmer and all them, you know what I mean? Because like regardless whether Farmer won me in the fight 
I fucking won the war, the like the war on words there, big time, and the mental games. I fucked his head big time, and he told me that himself. And I went over sparring him. So even at the weigh-ins, I go some. Uh, I go some at the thing. Oh, look at skinny now, aren't you, boy, or something like that? And then I goes, look at them little chicken legs. Fuck me, you must be killing yourself to make this weight. And he told me when I went over sparring, mate, that played a massive. I, I said that to the miss and I was like, do you really think I have chicken legs and all? <laughs> and his missus still slags him to this day about having chicken legs because he took it, he took it like proper, that mentally got to him, yeah. you know? So even though he was good enough and experienced enough to be able to flip it around in the fight, but you could see the first part of the fight, I still had him as well. The first two rounds, he was shook. I fucking was still bashed yeah, him the first two. You know, I still had him. If I had to just stuck to the game plan, I would have won that fucking fight. But anyway, regardless of that, I love mentally fucking people because number one, it's fun. <laughs> number two, it definitely gets the people. And number three, when I when I say some things, then it's like, right, now I need to back that up. Like the law of attraction. I need to back that shit up now. I might have been speaking it into existence. Now let's make it come into existence. You know what I mean? And like I spoke stopping Scott Quigg into existence. Now I'm fucking seeing that shit coming. Yeah. Big time, and yeah. I, but that's something that's something myself because I run the my personal training studio with my with my brothers, and again, one of these things, same as you, can this whole thing like I envision it and just kind of keep working towards. And now, can I? have got this beautiful business where I work with my fiance, my brother Chris, my brother Brandon, Jenny's sisters now involved. Can I this kind of beautiful beautiful thing we've got going? Um, but as you were talking about, kind of we speaking into existence, we were kind of talking about obviously, can a lot of our clients are struggling with their goals and all this kind of stuff uh, at the minute. And one of the core concepts that I really believe in is the concept of leverage. It's like this concept of like as you said, it's like once you've said it now you have to show up so you create enough yeah. leverage to make you do it it's like if i, if yeah. I bet you a hundred euro i'm going to go to the gym every day this week i've got a lot of reasons to make sure i show up the problem with a lot of people is when it, when we're only letting ourselves down we don't necessarily always do it but what we mean the mean that sure. the boys have done we've created this little group it's, we call our little wolf pack and what we do is it's like we've all set a goal so we all have a weekly goal that we, we work towards each week and if any one of us doesn't do the goal everybody gets punished. So we all have to basically run, it's 5K for every person who hasn't Deadly. to go that week because a lot of times it's easy to let yourself down, but if you're going to let, sure your, let your family down, your brother down, your friends down, you're much more likely to show up and do it. So what I'm yeah. kind of best advice to people is create as much leverage as you can. Stop waiting to be disciplined and do all this stuff. Create enough reasons for you to get to work, get in movement, and then yeah. we can work in the discipline and stuff like that as we go. The key is that you get started. Create enough reasons, get the ball rolling, get going, and it's a lot easier. When, it's like this whole concept of your man. Do you ever see your man kind of trying to push the push the big bowler? It's so difficult yeah. to get it going. But once it's rolling, once you have Easy. momentum, it's not too hard to keep it going. Getting started is the hardest part. So create yeah. enough reasons to kind of get going. And can you, and it, talk yourself into it. You know, I talk I yeah. always like, I'm going to open a gym. I'm going to open a gym. You know what I mean? No, I, no, no way or means of opening a gym. And then the law of attraction kicked in. One of my clients then offered me 10 grand loan, zero interest, you know, pays back and you know, whatever, whatever's convenient. You know what I mean? Because, oh, yeah. because you spoke it into existence. Exactly. So that's just, let me just say that. That is a massive thing where you just said that. So if you hadn't spoke that, he wouldn't have gave you that 10 grand. You would never have got that. So there's exactly. what we're saying. Don't worry about how it happens. Sometimes, it's the fucking most craziest thing. You're like, whoa, where did that actually just happen? Yeah. Like, like no interest, 10 grand. Here you go, mate. Open yourself yeah. a gym. You want to open a gym? Like, yeah. that's fucking, like, that doesn't happen to many people. But because yeah. you're wavelength, you are thinking on the right fucking frequency, boom, he was like, he believed in you. And I say that as well to people when I'm in the press conference and stuff like that. I always say, if you don't believe in yourself, how the fuck can you convince anyone else to believe in you? 
So we'll see when these fighters are on, on the up and coming and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I struggled with, with my confidence and with me this and with me that. But then, you're not, number one, you're probably not working hard enough because if you're working really hard, you wouldn't be struggling with confidence because you'd be, you'd be, you'd be happy now. Well, I'm not working as hard as I fucking possibly can anyway. So when there was a draw here, I'm not working as I can as much as yeah, I could. I've done my it, best. I've left it all in the gym. I've done my best. Left it all. So you wouldn't be like that's where I get my confidence from is because I work my ass off to accomplish all the things that I say I'm going to accomplish. But that is amazing what you just said there because that's just proof in itself. Yeah, the law of attraction thing. works when you put it into the right practice and when you're on the right frequency. Like if you hadn't spoke that shit into existence, it would never have happened. So yeah. it just there's there's proof in the pudding. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I. I said it to my little sister about, uh, so when I went back to, from Australia, I was two fights in, um, two, two blading really nobodies, you know what I mean? It was only your st- two starting fights. So they were nobody. So it wasn't really, my dad was like, ah, you were playing boxing in Australia. You weren't even a fucking professional boxer. You were only playing boxing over there. My amateurs is back to you now, blah, 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 and all this shit. Like, so it's like, oh, all right, all right, whatever. But anyway, like, I'm not messing. I have was playing boxing, but, one time then I seen my sister was in this gap and uh, there was a big hole in the floor. The kitchen was a mess. She was living there with a kid. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, you've been living here in this house the whole time. So this is my little sister, Jay. You know what I mean? I was like, no, you can't. You can't live here. I'm going to change this for you. So I told her, listen, sis, tonight I'm going to gym. Navin, it was Johnstown Boxing Club, actually. It was in Navin. But I was like, I'm going to gym tonight. I was like, I'm going to get sick for you. Just to prove that I will, I'm the only one that will get you out of this position that you're in. I was like, I'm the, I will flip this. I will help you in this position. Trust me when I, when I tell you, I will change, flip this situ- situation that you're in right now. I'll buy you a kitchen. I'll do this, that, and the other. And we actually cried. We were both standing. This is how emotional it was. This is the first time I've seen her and seen where she was living when I came back from Australia. And I was so fucking emotional. We ended up crying and all that. Even today, today, this is still one of the biggest Goals that I've accomplished in my life. Buying my own house and all that doesn't mean half as much as what this meant to me when I did accomplish this. But I told her, listen, I'm going to change circumstances. I went to the gym that night. She came to the gym with me. I vomited my ring up like three times. Now pushed myself to the limits. But like you were saying earlier, if I had done that myself, I probably wouldn't have got sick. Because I was doing it for my little sister, I pushed myself harder. I worked harder for my little sister. So you do always work harder for other people. 100%. I spoke it out, told her what I was going to do. And then, I'm not messing, I was training in there for about two weeks. Went to Pascal's gym then about a week after that. And I was training in Pascal's gym about three weeks. And uh, all of a sudden, I got a phone call. Hey, we got the fucking, we got Declan Garrity for you if you want it, blah, 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 blah. I was like, fuck, I'm in now. No worse. It's now like, if I lose, I lose. So what? Like, I'm only two fights in. Like, it's not like, Damage and record and all because, like, I, I'm nothing now anyway. You know what I mean? It's on Sky Sports. Let's just do it. So, I took the opportunity, touched the risk, be him. Obviously, couldn't buy a bleeding kitchen out of the money. I earned like two grand or something for that fight, you know, something shit. And uh, then three weeks later, I got the prize for you. Boom, one prize for you. I come home, I was like, yeah, look what I fucking. And I didn't realize, but I kept saying I was going to do this for my sister. When I went to the prize for you, it was no, look, I broke me, uh, I broke me wrist. No, I didn't break my wrist. I tore ligaments in my baby knuckle. That's what it was. Um, in the deco fight. So it was only three weeks before the prize fight. So I went into the prize fight. I would have bleed, tore ligament in my knuckle or not. My hand was killing me. Even warming up the first tip of this pads, I was like, oh, pass, I can't hit them. 
fucking hands blade and killing me. Like, and he's like, are you already to do this? Like, you fucking for real? Like, what? We, you're coming at the fight, man. You have three fights. Like, I was like, I know. I was like, I'll be already in the fight. Don't worry about the fights. Like, I'll be grand. Once the adrenaline goes, like, I'll be sweet. But, like, that was 14 to 1 underdog. I fucking won prize for it. And I went back. And I think I, I don't know what I pumped into. I, I pumped, it was like the sums of like 20 grand or something like that into the into the sister's gap. And I got whole gap looking the bollocks. You know what I mean? It looks great now. So, that was one of the biggest accomplishments in my career and my life. So, I was able to. Accomplish something that I said I was going to do. I don't know if I'm my little sister now, she's living in a better house. So that's yeah. one of the proudest moments in my career. And that's what it's all about, really, isn't it? It's kind of not necessarily what we give, what we get, it's what we give. Kind of life starts with giving. You know what I mean? This is what it's all sure. about. And on until, on until, on to kind of one day again, the way the world works, it seems from, from my experiences, until you give, you won't receive. Everyone wants to receive yeah. first. They forget you got to give first before you can get it back. See, that's why that fella gave you that 10 grand, mate, because you're on it. You know, you know your shit. Yeah. You know you're a lot of attractive. You've been on obviously a while, yeah. but uh, for sure, 100. percent You're speaking, you're speaking facts right there, my man. I love it because a lot of people they're only starting to wake up, and it's a good thing. And I, I think while we're all in this lockdown, now is the time to actually start to wake up, get on to the law of attraction. Anyone that's watching this interview, just fucking Google law of attraction and start watching videos. And whether you believe it or not, when I start hearing loads of the stuff we were saying, I was like. Ah, that's bullshit. That can't be true. You know what I mean? I was like, but then when I started applying it into practice, and I was like, it just started coming off, and things are pulling. Like every single thing I said I was going to do in my career has happened since I've been on the law of attraction. Every single thing, not one thing. I didn't win a world title, and my career is not finished. Like that's that's going to happen sooner or later. So that's I'm not even worried about. You know what I mean? I just that's only a matter of time. But yeah, like that law of attraction is so powerful, man. And I think while we're all inside working on yourself. Working your mind, this is the most powerful thing in the world. Working your mind, well, you can't really be working or doing anything else outside, you know? Yeah, and one of the things I wrote down there when you, when you were talking about that was uh, this thing, this kind of concept of the reticular activation system. It's kind of one of the reasons because a lot of people can think that the law of attraction is kind of all a little bit hippie and a little bit woohoo and all this kind of stuff, and there's no real science behind it. But one of the key core reasons that I, I believe it works is this thing called the reticular activation system. And it's basically, I think it was Tony Robbins I heard talk about it before. And it's this kind of thing. Once you kind of start talking about something, you start to then see it everywhere. It's like the same thing. Me and the Mr. She bought a car there before this whole thing kicked off. And then we see the same car everywhere now, but you wouldn't have yeah. seen it before. But, no, but once you're thinking about it, now your mind is, is looking for the opportunities. It's looking for things yeah. that it can link to your dreams and goals and things that you're, that you're talking about and the things that you're telling yourself about. So now you, now you actually see the opportunities. Not necessarily that now all, all of a sudden there's more opportunities, just to know you're tuned into them. Yeah, you're tuned into them. You're on that frequency. Like you're kind of tuned in is, is a perfect way of putting it. Because like that, we, we named our daughter Fiat. And there wasn't a fucking Fiat in the country. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I got Fiat from Australia. Um, there was a hippie that we lived with. Actually, when I lived in that shed <laughs> that time, your mom was a hippie. We were living with the woman, but she always had other hippies out there, like, and there was fucking about 15 people at a time in the gap, always, like, you know. So there was one of the hippies was there, and he had a kid with an Irish woman and uh, a little girl as well, and her name was Fia. And I was like, no way, mate. Fucking, that's an Irish name. Where the fuck did you get that from? And he was like, oh, mother's Irish, blah, 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 blah. And he, he told me the meaning of the name and stuff, and I was like, oh, that's beautiful, mate. If we ever have a kid, my first kid is going to be called Fear. And since we called her Fear, man, fuck the popping up left, right, and center. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, when we first said we were going to call her, we heard it in Australia, never heard it in Ireland. And then I didn't hear it since. 
And now since she's like the past three years, man, I must know at least twelve kids called Fia now. It's yeah. madness. No, and no, no joke. Me and the miss were having chats there the other day about kind of you know if we ever had kids, what what kind of would you call them, girls? Literally, top one was Fia. No joke. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? It's just catching on. But but that's like like that with the law of attraction. It's like I, I'm the same. Like I've I've noticed certain things that I was thinking about, then all of a sudden pops up, and you see it. And it's almost like similar, like you, when you're thinking about things, all of a sudden it pops up on your phone. It doesn't really pop up on your phone more unless you've just noticed that it's on your phone. It's probably yeah. been there. And the probably only reason you were thinking about it in the first place is because it was on your phone fucking yesterday. You know what I mean? Or the day before. It's programming you to fucking to be thinking it. You know what I mean? So that's what all these like like if you look into it, like T V program, all these are fucking programming you. That's exactly what it is. I don't even watch TV anymore, mate. Yeah. Very, very rarely watch the telly anymore. Unless it's Watching the law of attraction videos, I watch a lot of YouTube, you know. I'm watching yeah, YouTube, YouTube's where it's at. I think I fucking love YouTube. That's why I kind of yeah. kind of got into the podcast. It was kind of something I was like, I've taken so much from YouTube, I've got so much value from it. I just would love to kind of give back. And I obviously can obviously yeah. you're kind of I'd love to kind of start getting into the fighters. So basically, what we've done with this was we're trying to kind of kick the podcast off, um, kind of over the next couple of weeks and months. And you were the first first people I had on the on the kind of the list. We've got a list. It's our dream 100 list. Who are the people yeah, that we want to get on? So I I must have I fucking text Tyson Fury and everybody. You're getting you know working my way through the list, and you never. No, my, Did you get a playoff, Tyson? Huh? Did you get a playoff? No, he didn't. No, no, but I'll hit him again. I'll hit him again. I'll keep I'll keep I'll keep on him. <laughs> um, I was talking to him yesterday. Do you want me to ask him for it? If you if you get him on this podcast, man, I would owe you a big one. No joke. There you go. Love attraction. He, he's, he's another one doing fucking doing big thing. I'm helping out a lot of people as well. Kind of true true's journey, true's message, you know. So it would yeah. be, be a privilege, you know. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll text Tyson now when I got the farm with you. And, no, I appreciate uh, that. I'll send you. I'll send you his reply anyway. I'll screenshot yeah, yeah, yeah. send you. Whether he does or whether he doesn't is another thing. You know what I mean? But listen, if you don't ask, you don't get, and you just fucking like what we were speaking about, law of attraction. You need to speak it into existence, and then it just happens. So you did. You didn't know anyone who knew Tyson Fury until fucking right now. Yeah. And I know. I know. I was speaking to him. Not speaking to him on a regular, but I often drop my message, and he often drops me a message. You know what I mean? Lovely, lovely fella. So uh, who else you know as the same. Who else we got on your podcast? And we'd be able to fucking help you because giving back is a great thing. All the boss and all the fighters. Listen, we want to. I want to get in. They want to start because again, I love boxing. It's somebody and obviously kind of our brand, we're fighting fit. We kind of want to lean more into kind of channel fight because yeah. I feel like we're all on the same wavelength. You know what I mean? Kind of people can in yeah. the kind of combat, in the combat sports, mixed martial arts, Thai box, MMA. Same kind of same kind of people. You know, kind of people we we really get on. People we vibe with, and people we'd love to just help and inspire and kind yeah. of help them kind of kick it on and achieve their goals. You know. Well, another good friend of mine uh, who's mad into the law of attraction and all this, Charlie Edwards, he'll do it for you. He'll get on for you, no problem. Yeah. I always speak to Charlie. Speak to him. Charlie, he, was he an English champion or something there, is he? WBC champion. WBC, is he? WBC, wow. WBC, yeah. But he, he just, um, so he's gone up a different way. Uh, your man was on steroids as well. He fought fucker, wasn't he? And uh, Charlie was like, oh, I'm, I'm making weight wrong and all these, like, blaming it on him making weight wrong. So your man was good, like, but uh, it turned in a couple of weeks later. Your man was on the fucking juice, wasn't he? But your man got the squad for it. So we never lost the belt. Your man got the squad for it because he hit him when he was on the ground. Because Charlie went down or something. And he hit him with a kidney shot while he was on the ground. Like he was on the ground on his two knees. And your man still gave him a bleeding body shot to break. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, he's mad into the law of attraction as well. And the same thing. Like since he's been on, on the law of attraction, bomb shit just fell into place. And he's accomplished his goal. He's got his fucking world title. You know, he's WBC. That doesn't get much better than that. Success leaves clues, as we said. So listen, so I'll kind of let you go back to your, your day. I'm sure kind of the sun is shining out there. I'm sure kind of the family are waiting yeah. on you to maybe jump back into that pool. Yeah, yeah I did. I actually came up from the pool to do this interview. And I was, I'm going to go back down now. 
I was like, babe, please, I promise you I'll go back down. I promise you. Like, no, I don't want to go down. <laughs> go mad. So listen, before um, before we go, kind of, what would you want to kind of leave any any of your fans, any kind of new fans, people who listen to you, kind of what what can they expect from the see from your chef in the in the the short short term future? And uh, not really. You're just gonna see me progressing as usual. You know what I mean? Every single fight you see, I'm getting better and better each and every time. So you're just gonna see a better me perform every single time. And I'm hoping to to maybe get a world title. If this hadn't happened, I probably was hoping to get a world title by the end of the year. But uh, now we're probably gonna be looking at next year. But either either or doesn't matter. I'm gonna be fucking world champion soon enough. So stay tuned. If you don't already know, or follow me. Follow me at John Underline, KK Underline Carol <laughs> on Instagram. And uh, yeah, just get on it. You know what I mean? Like get under that law of attraction shit. If you have any any bleeding, like one thing what I will say as well is people that are suffering from anxiety or any of that, that Wim Hof breathing technique, that really sorts out anxiety big time. Like unbelievably big time. Because you know yourself before a fight, especially a professional fight, you're fucking so many people, there's so much on the line almost that sometimes you can't sleep the night before a fight. And uh I do that breathing technique and I swear to God I fall asleep like a baby. What it does is it's just you don't think about it and you just go into a complete different uh, different wavelength, mate. I swear to God, it's fucking it's a beautiful thing, you know. So just go out the Wim Hof breathing, go out the law of attraction and start following me. Yeah, big time boot. Listen, John, genuinely thank you so very much for kind of jumping on with us. We really, really appreciate it. Pleasure. I'll put all, all your all your links in the in the in the descri- description below, kind of so feel free, kind of have a look down there. You'll find all his links on Instagram. I know you got your own YouTube thing going there as well. I'll, I'll, I'll link that there and too. If it or not, John, listen, have a great day and fingers crossed, we'll see you uh, in the not too distant future with that that world title over your shoulder. 100 percent It's inevitable, mate. It's gonna happen soon or later. Come here, I was gonna say, take me a picture of your uh, your goals and all the boxers and whoever you want to get on your fucking podcast. And uh, send them out to me and I'll send them a message for you. You'd be surprised the amount of people that got back their blue tickets. It's fucking crazy. No way, man. Definitely, yeah. Appreciate John or listen to God, you're an absolute legend. Can't take it off, man. Have a great my day. Pleasure. No problem. God bless, brother. Good Talk to chat to you. Bye bye. Take care, my man. God bless.